Well, I'm terribly frightened by the problem of LSD. Uh, I think there's been a great deal of misinformation. Good people don't smoke marijuana. Don't criticize what you can't understand. There is nothing smart. There is nothing uh, grown up or sophisticated in taking an LSD trip at all. They're just being complete fools. Right, exactly. And that's one of the components of the LSD experience, the understanding that there is no they, there's no other. It is all one. One that would engage in this or indulge in this is just a plain fool. Last time on Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast. And so uh, I rode with them up there and they showed me around the wellness center and they explained what iboga is and what it was going to do for me. And they said, you know, you're the perfect candidate like this. We, we strongly believe this will help you. What's going on here? And um, I looked up at him. I said, I think I'm feeling something. <laughs> and I said... We'll help you to your, you know, to your mattress. So they walked me over to the mattress and they uh, laid me down. And the next five hours were uh, absolutely insanity. And so with this autobiographical review, I was able to think of a time as a kid, whether that be 10 years ago or, or 25 years ago, and I can literally go right back to that. So my eyes are shut and look around in my brain. First I would throw up and then I would look around a little bit and I'd be like, okay, I know where I am. I'm at the wellness center here in Guanacaste, Costa Rica. And, um, I'm okay. And then, then the, the shaman sitting on the side, they just reassure you. Like we got you, we got you, man. I was like, okay. Wow. It gave me, it gave me a reason why it showed me some things that happened in my childhood. Um, that would, would be a reason of why I would feel, um, maybe damaged. And so uh, the next day we get up we have our breakfast, we have our lunch, and then we have to fast and we go to the fire ceremony. We're sitting around, you know, we've got our socks off and we're sitting there with our feet in the dirt and we're sharing about, you know, what questions we want answered. Cause the Iboga does that very good. If you go to the fire ceremony with direct questions, they will be answered. And uh, so I was like, okay, I've got some questions here. I got some questions here, but I'm ready. Cause I want to go back and do this. And so they, they give me the uh, the dose and they give me another dose and they give me another dose and they started calling me Brock the Rock, by the way, because <laughs> it just wouldn't affect me. Did that to give you that TA shit again? I, I requested it. Yeah. I said, I want this shit 4K because that's what it looked like. It was like a standard definition with the, you know what I mean? So I, was, I want that 4K. Wow. So what exactly is this TA stuff? Apparently this is different from the ibogaine extraction. Ibogaine is just a, a single compound that is one of the main active psychedelic compounds. It's actually the one that's scheduled uh, as well. But 
total alkaloid extraction. It looks like it's an extraction that also contains other alkaloids that they are claiming add extra healing properties, sort of encapsulating more of the spirit of the whole plant, but in a stronger form. So they take the, the, the core psychoactive component with other alkaloids from the plant, and then they combine it into one highly concentrated yeah. format. And so uh, they gave it to me, and I, I get it, and uh, they I start to feel it, and so they lay me down, and shit got real dark real fast. Okay. It was not the same. Before, everything was super oversaturated and just beautiful, and there was I could smell the flowers and see myself as a child, and life was great. Now it starts showing me going forward. Oh. And uh, it 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 was bringing this kind of this realization that I'm a man in his late 30s and that uh, playtime's over. Okay, those those good times were childhood times and that you need to get down to business. And how it how it sort of did that is is like I said it wasn't there was no saturation it was all black and white and it was a feeling this pit in my stomach I mean aside from throwing up and sweating it gave me this this feeling of just not right and uh, it started to progressively show my life moving forward and I looked very unhappy and I looked very lonely and it showed me with a bunch of different girlfriends and it showed me just sort of bouncing around never really settling down and uh, then it got real real dark. And uh, it showed my my mom pass away, and we're at her funeral. It showed my dad pass away, and we're at his funeral. And um, then it showed my brother pass away. And um, yeah, I was I was just sitting there, just bawling. I'm sitting there on this mattress in Costa Rica in the rainforest, just bawling. And um, the last thing it showed me was was me. And I had a like a POV perspective of, of looking up and it uh, showed my sister, my younger sister and her husband. And they were old, obviously, she's just a few years younger than me, but she was old like me. So I'm in like my late 70s oh, and it wow. showed her kids and I was on my deathbed and I was all by myself. I didn't have anybody. I had my sister and Jeremy and their kids, but it's just me. And I got this realization, I need to start a family. Yeah. I'm almost 40 years old. Playtime's over. And um, some other stuff had happened during that journey that I, I'll share with you. I might as well. I kind of skipped over it. But um, I was with a girlfriend for quite a bit of years. And, uh, you know, like I'd mentioned, she'd left me a few months earlier. She was oh, still yeah. playing games that, uh, you know, that she was available. And uh, in reality, it showed me an image of her having sexual relations with another man and I got the answer that she had already found a new guy and so I was screaming that in the middle of my my journey oh Shamat had to call me down you like found out about it yeah. in the yeah, in the experience yeah it showed her and it showed this guy and it was it was it was real it, the, 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 I it will happened. show you shit that is real and you can't explain it it's a different dimension wow. we'll show you stuff that it you want to like, know go to, to different points in time that have either happen or not happen and yeah it shows you wow. everything it's just that you can't explain this stuff because there's no way to explain it 
It was delivered us by a higher power. There's no doubt about it. Wow. So I'm screaming there, you know, on this mattress, and the shaman had to come over and comfort me. And I said, she's with another guy. And he said, I bogus the truth. This other aspect of getting this timeline into the future where he's at his deathbed and he's all alone. I mean, that's incredibly profound. I mean, this this is just one of those things, again, that when we're talking about the psychedelic experience, like in its value and its role, it's just how how difficult of a challenge is it to appreciate something like the totality of your life lived without having a family. I mean, if I just ask you that question in a conversation, I ask you like, can you comprehend how you'll feel if you go your whole life and you don't start a family? And so that that's the thing that I find important here just in thinking about the role of psychedelics more generally is it is just in fact the case whether it's being able to recall these past memories or being able to appreciate the implications of how we might live our lives. It's just the case that we can't do these things in our ordinary state of consciousness. It just is the case that non-ordinary states of consciousness are the only modes of awareness that afford us the ability to really feel the gravity of our life in a totally new way. Yeah, and that's why we talk so much on this podcast about this idea of cognitive liberty, about the, the, the need for people to be able to freely go to different states of consciousness, you know, whether it be through you know, non-drug-induced activities like meditation or whatever, or you know, anything induced like by eating a plant or a drug or anything like that. Like we just plain need to access all these different parts of our brain. Like like the science is literally shown more parts of your brain are active on psychedelics than when you're when you're in a sober state. And in fact, the the most sober states when you're just kind of like sitting around not doing anything your, your brain is actually very much limited. The constraints are, are putting filters and, and reducing valves on, on huge chunks of your brain that would normally be able to maybe do crazy superpower shit like this, like being able to recall memories of in the past and like go into the future. And, and like, like, like this, this apparently is all already built in to our our hardware like we already have this stuff and it's just like a little drug it just sort of like turns a key and then allows us to access these abilities you make a good point there chris because when we take any of these drugs all they do is make a, a slight modification of one of the systems that we have in our body in this case in our brains like for example many of the psychedelics act on the 5-ht2a receptor and so it's just changing how that receptor works. It's not the drug bringing in a DVR experience into your mind. Yeah. It's basically just unlocking a capability that your mind has within it. Yeah, and we have a clip here of neuroscientist Sam Harris expressing the same sentiment. All psychoactive drugs modulate the existing neurochemistry of the brain, either by mimicking specific neurotransmitters or by causing neurotransmitters themselves to be more or less active. Everything that one can experience on a drug is at some level an expression of the brain's potential. Hence, whatever one has seen or felt after ingesting LSD is likely to have been seen or felt by someone somewhere without it. 
However, it cannot be denied that psychedelics are a uniquely potent means of altering consciousness. Teach a person to meditate, pray, chant, or do yoga, and there is no guarantee that anything will happen. Depending on his aptitude or interest, the only reward for his efforts may be boredom and a sore back. If, however, a person ingests 100 micrograms of LSD, what happens next will depend on a variety of factors, but there is no question that something will happen. So um, that was the beginning of a new road for me. And uh, old Brock was gone and new Brock had arrived. And uh, it wasn't just this game plan and this goal that I had in mind now. I didn't feel addiction. It was gone. Wow. How did you know? Or what was kind of your first oh, experience you know. understanding that? Oh, you know. The pull wasn't there. <laughs> that pull, that white knuckle, that white knuckle that you wake up with every fucking morning. Yeah. We were like, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I can't get beaten by it. Mm -hmm. I won't let it beat me. It just white fucking knuckle and fucking bullshit this was gone. The first thing you think about when you wake up. Wake up. When you wake yeah. up, when you're getting out, when you're off of opiates and you're off of alcohol, the first fucking thing you think about is you get up and you go, today's another day to fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It gets real old. So did you feel like you had a different purpose in your life as far as, you know, felt your free. family? Okay. I felt free from addiction. And um, <laughs> when, you, when you're fighting addiction, that consumes your whole life. And everything else is sort of just on the side that you're hoping you can achieve. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going to whatever job you're going to. When you're at that job, you're going, okay, I'm at this job, but, you know, I can't drink tonight. I'm not going to use tonight. And uh, it, it really takes a lot out of you. And now when that slate has been just cleaned, you're like, holy shit, this is what I have to work with? I'm like a, like a healthy, functioning human? Holy shit. It just, uh, it's so much clearer. And uh, I said, I was like, wow, well, I, 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 uh, I better get to work. Uh, I got to exercise because I'm a little out of shape right now. Uh, and um, I need to, I need to move forward, healthy, happy. And, and I'm going to, and once I'm, I'm happy now, and I know I need to get healthy, you know, diet and workout routine. And eventually the right one will come. And I still, there was a little part of me that hadn't given up on the X still, you know, that's natural. I'm like, I, you know, this Iboga did show me this. It was absolutely incredible. But you know what? Maybe, maybe she's not really with another guy. Come so to find out, fast forward, she was with another guy. She had been with another guy. And Iboga, everything Iboga told me, <laughs> all of it was real. Everything it shown me, it's incredible. It was, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to try and make things work with her. Oh, okay. All because right. I don't necessarily believe Iboga. You know, I'm new to it. Uh, oh. You know, I'm, I'm still a little, I don't know how the fuck I was skeptical. I must just be <laughs> dense in the head. But I was like, you know, this, this will work. But then I got home and uh, yeah, it was about, uh, about, about eight weeks later, I found that the realization of what it did show me was in fact real. Wow. And uh, that just solidified more yeah, yeah. the power of the stuff. And believe it or not, the image that it showed me, 
was literally him. Ugly motherfucker. Oh, you saw the guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so what is that feeling when you realize in the real world that this is truly happening? Because now you've been justified that Iboga was telling you the truth, so that's fucking unreal. It's but unreal. at the same time, it's got to feel painful because you know that that shit's mm-hmm. actually happening. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, like? yeah. That was, it, it hurt. It hurt. I felt deceived. So I leave, I'm at the wellness center for eight days. It's $3,500, it's eight days, two, two dosing ceremonies, and now I leave. But I was Snapchatting this whole thing, right? Snapchatting this whole experience. Oh. And all my friends are like, holy shit. Because I didn't have cell signal, but I did have Wi-Fi at the wellness center. Um, and so, by the way, all these shamans are people just like you and I. And that story in itself, I'll, I'll, mm. <laughs> this could go on forever. But they're not who you think they are. They're not who these these people you have made up in your head like Buddhists or something. These are yeah. one of the guys that 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 runs it. Started the internet. He was a help. Yeah, he Silicon Valley eighties. Oh. Extremely intelligent. And uh, how he got down there is his son was going through issues and bad issues, and he brought him down. And he was so shocked at what he witnessed that he literally said, "All right, we're going to uh, sort of push this over here and." Go do this with our lives. Like that's that's insane. Wow. He's making more than enough money. Um, so I'm there and I um I'm Snapchatting this, right? And uh I've got one friend that was in recovery, the one that relapsed with me that night. He's like, like, is this real? And I'm like, Yeah, it's real. He's like, I've got to come down there. I'm like, I think you should too. But uh, you know, I didn't really necessarily think that he would. And so it gets kind of a crazy story. So I leave, I leave and I decide I'm just going to head south, south towards Panama. I'm just going to walk, drive the first part of the way, then walk. And uh, I get to this hostel about 300 miles south and I meet this girl, beautiful German girl, right? And she's much younger than me. And she's like, I want to travel with you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Me? I'm like, why? She's like, because I can feel something from you. It's, it was insane. And if you know me, uh, I, I'm usually pretty abrasive and pretty loud. She's like, you're so peaceful. And I was like, holy fuck, that's the first time in my life. And then she goes, and you don't say much. I'm like, ha ha! Like, holy shit. What's going on? So her and I are traveling, and uh, we get down to, we travel for two weeks together, which was just an amazing experience in itself. And we get down to, like, Panama City, and um, I get an email that my friend is flying into Liberia. And he says, hey, meet me there. We're going to the wellness center. And I was like, I'm with a beautiful young German girl <laughs> heading towards Columbia. And I'm like, yeah, I, I've got to meet him. And so I literally had to say to her, I'm sorry, um, Judith, but uh, I've got to go back up two countries and meet my friend. Oh, shit. I just said it. Beat that shit. <laughs> no problem. Um, so I meet him at the, at the airport and uh, I take him to the wellness center. And obviously he's believing me because I'm a believable person. But uh, probably a little skeptical, you know, like I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just saw your Snapchat. Yeah. Saw my Snapchats. <laughs> he's like, you know, this is incredible. I can sense through your Snapchat how better you are. And so he comes down there and, and I take him through uh, his first journey. And, and the next day he he looks, he's, he's got the same look in his eyes. And yeah. I've been on nine journeys now, not addictive like, but every time I need it. And every time uh, I see someone come to the next day, they have the same look in their eye. They go, okay, 
it's like, you know, you know what I mean? It's just so like, that's okay, real. Okay. <laughs> okay. Everything I thought I do is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, so it's, it's always fun to watch that. But, uh, so now he went on two journeys and then he came back and he was obviously so blown away with it that he got a huge tattoo of Iboga cool. of the leaves from the tree. And, um, I went down there with my brother and, uh, I've sent about a dozen people through now, uh, in the last two years that have contacted me. Mm. Um, so that same shaman. Well, same it's the, the the network's growing, my friends. Okay. Yep. This tree is a growing. Cool. <laughs> and so uh, they're expanding, and they're they're. I can't really say where they're at, but okay. uh, I know where they are, and they're helping people every day. And uh, it's just, so the people that you sent. Um, how you know in a nutshell or generally speaking uh, addiction wise did it help them what is every single time wow cool it's so much fun yeah. it's like sending someone to disney world you know they're gonna have fun yeah. right you know now. what i mean it's like yeah. it's like they reach out to me and they're in a really bad place and they're like you know i've i've heard you know some of you some of your friends have told me or i've read about it on facebook and uh is there any way that you can give me give me the information like i'll give you the information and everything every answer you want i'll yeah. help you and then uh i know that the day is coming up for them to to head out and then that whole week, I'm like, man, I, like I can't imagine what they're going through right now. It must be amazing. And then I just wait for that call, or I wait for that, you know, Facebook message. And it's always the same. Like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, was that life changing? Like, thank you so much. And I, I just, it makes me feel so good. Yeah. That I just helped, you know, one person. Sure. The fact that Iboga showed him in real time, basically, that this girl who he is seeing was seeing somebody else. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's again, superhero stuff, right? Magic. Yeah, but that's just like some guy didn't even think that was possible. All of a sudden, boom, he's a believer. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the phenomenon itself is incredible. And then it's just incredible to see somebody who was so skeptical before mm. now totally on the other side. And it really is a testament to what he actually encountered because this is not a guy who's just going to believe any spiritual thing you threw in front of him. Mm-hmm. I love that about this interview because you, you, you know, there's endless amounts of, of, of big believers out there taking psychedelics who just, you know, go, jump in the deep end immediately. But, you know, not a lot of people who have both like kind of the more, more status quo sort of perception of the world, but also have fully like, dived into the other realms of the universe like that's that's super rare so absolutely yeah we we really appreciate brock coming in and just laying it all out because this perspective is so valuable i I think also just because more people the you know the average person is gonna be able to relate to a guy who didn't believe in any of this shit before but fully saw the other side of the rainbow Absolutely. And that, and that these substances, these, these, you know, aspects of nature are incredibly powerful tools for helping us heal ourselves. I mean, again, we just have to remember that this is a guy who struggled with addiction for the greater part of his life, who is in a terrible situation, who is, you know, considering ending his life and then is brought into 
a situation where he has a total new lease on life. Like he said there toward the end, he's now this healthy guy. Sure, he's got to get his diet and exercise going, but he's no longer shackled to the desire to find alcohol, to find any drug, to find something to help him get through that difficult, a tough pain that so many addicts feel, which is, I want to use, I want to fill this void, and I, I don't know how. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our series, Brock the Iboga Badass. It was a really special interview for us to put together. And if you want to hear more from Brock, there's actually a whole extra hour of footage where Brock explains the origins of Iboga, how it was discovered. He talks more about uh, life changes that resulted from Iboga. He explains how to get legal Iboga therapy, explains his theories of how Iboga works, why it works, and even a bit about his opinions on religion and spirituality. So if you want to catch the rest of that interview, we are offering exclusive audio such as that to our Patreon members. Check for the link in the show notes. Otherwise, stay tuned for more episodes on Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast. All conversation and information exchanged on the Psychedelic Renaissance podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice. Nothing on this podcast should supersede or supplement the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although this podcast has medical professionals on it, they are not functioning as so in this environment. The Psychedelic Renaissance podcast does not encourage the illicit use of illegal substances. We encourage you to think for yourselves. We encourage you to discern all information per Presented in this episode. And kids, don't do drugs. But parents, you might want to do your research.